This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. Building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. Now back to Luke chapter 17. Verse 3, take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. Notice what the disciples' response is in verse 5. And the apostle said unto the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say unto this sycamine tree, be thou plucked up by the root and be thou planted into the sea, and it should obey you. The disciples knew something that most Christians never find out. And they knew this before they were born again. They understood that forgiveness takes faith. And remember, faith always deals with the unseen realm. Faith never deals with the, with the seen or the natural or the physical realm. Faith never deals with the realm in which we have feelings. They understood that in order to live up to what Jesus said, which is to forgive without limit, to operate in forgiveness no matter what, they understood that that was going to take faith. They understood that. Now, notice what Jesus goes on to explain in verse 7. But which of you, having a servant plowing or feeding cattle, will say to him by and by, when he's coming in from the field, go and sit down to meet? Now, I don't want to get into the story that he's trying to tell. I want you to see one thing specifically. When they said, Lord, increase our faith, Jesus said, faith works like a seed. He's not talking about size. He's not talking about amounts. He's saying faith works like a seed. Well, we already know the operation of faith. He gave us the operation of faith in Mark chapter 11 where we started. Faith is believing in the heart and saying with the mouth. So when Jesus says faith is like a seed, he's saying you've got to plant seeds with your words. Or your words are the seed that you plant with your voice. If he's talking about the same faith, the same kind of faith, which is the only kind of faith Jesus had, the God kind of faith as it's described in Mark chapter 11, verse 22, he's saying very clearly, very simply, he's saying you're going to have to forgive according to what you know is true, not according to what you feel. Faith is your servant. It's not some magical, mystical thing that you either have or you don't have. Faith is something the Bible says you can grow in. Well, then faith forgiveness should be something you can grow into. So what have we seen? We saw in Matthew 18 and Mark chapter 11 that faith will change circumstances. We saw in Luke chapter 17, I'm sorry, we saw in Matthew chapter 17 that faith is necessary in exercising authority over the devil, breaking the devil's power. And now we see that faith is necessary when it comes to operating contrary to your feelings in the area of forgiveness. 
Do you remember when we read in Mark chapter 11 where Jesus said in verse 25, verse 22 is have faith in God, verse 23 is faith by saying, speaking to the mountain. Verse 24 is faith that works in prayer. What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. And then verse 25, he talks about forgiveness in connection with the operation of faith. He says, if you won't forgive others, then your heavenly Father won't forgive you. Everybody understands that that was Old Testament, right? Jesus operating in the Gospels, in the account in the Gospels, he's operating according to the Old Covenant rules and regulations. The New Covenant couldn't begin until after Jesus went to the cross and was raised from the dead. So what Jesus said about forgiveness to the disciples in Mark chapter 11 is part of the Old Covenant, not part of the New. See, under the Old Covenant, your forgiveness or your receipt of forgiveness from God was dependent on whether or not you would forgive others. There's, a, um, there's an account that Jesus gives relative to well, let me go back to Matthew chapter 18. I said I wouldn't get into this, but it looks like I need to. Let me start in verse 21 again. And then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Seven times. And Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king which would take account of his servants. And when he began to reckon, one was brought unto him which owed him ten thousand talents. That's a lot. But for as much as he had not to pay, didn't have the means to pay it, his Lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife and children and all that he had in payment was to be made through that. And then the servant fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay you the all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence, and laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe me. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I'll pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry, and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then the Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all thy debt because you desired me or asked me to. Should not you also have had compassion on your fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors. Notice this phrase. The Lord was wroth, the Lord got angry, and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also to you, if you from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. Notice that phrase, if you from your hearts. Now, what does he mean from your heart? Well, he can't be talking about his emotions. He's talking about his spirit. In other words, and remember the context about this, the, the disciples, the apostles' response to Jesus' command to forgive was, Lord, you're going to have to increase our faith. It's going to take a whole lot more faith to believe for forgiveness or to forgive by faith 
when somebody's done you wrong continuously than in any other circumstance. And notice what unforgiveness brings. And I think this is the point of Jesus' parable. Unforgiveness brings torment. The problem is our unforgiveness doesn't bring torment to the people we're not forgiving. It brings torment to us. Well, this is all Old Testament form and ritual. That's not the way the Bible tells us to forgive now. Turn with me over to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, let me start in verse 29. He says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. In other words, watch what you say. Make sure no grievous words come out of your mouth. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereof, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Notice our words can grieve the Holy Ghost. Now remember, without faith it's impossible to please God, and faith is all about believing in your heart and saying with your mouth. Well, then that stands to reason if we don't control our tongue, if we don't watch our words, then we can grieve the Holy Spirit. It doesn't say the Holy Spirit will leave you. He's already said he'll never leave us nor forsake us. So he doesn't leave, but he can stay grieved through the improper use of our words. Saying the wrong things is a bad situation, folks. We should learn, as the Scripture says, to set a watch on our mouths. To watch what we say to be careful don't be quick to speak but to think things through judge it by the word of god judge our words by the word of god and then say what god's word says so he says don't grieve the holy spirit verse 31 let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice those must be the things or the words that grieve the holy ghost bitter words wrath-filled words angry words, clamorous words, and evil speaking, that just means speaking anything contrary to the Word, the Bible. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. So the Old Testament principle of forgiveness was if you don't forgive, God won't forgive you. If you don't forgive others, then God won't forgive you. And according to what Jesus said in Mark chapter 11, that unforgiveness will keep your faith from working. But the New Testament example of forgiveness is to forgive by or according to the love of God, which enabled us to be forgiven before we ever asked for it. Faith works by love. Unforgiveness is the chief way that the love of God is stopped or hindered in our lives. Join Mike Webb and Foothill Family Church every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our weekly healing school. Healing school is for those who are in need of being healed from sickness in their body, as well as those who want to strengthen their faith in the area of healing. 
Jesus said the kingdom of God is as a man speaking the word of God into his heart. You exercising your authority in the name of Jesus by whom you have access into the kingdom of heaven to say that for you, you are free from the influence of sickness and disease. Foothill Family Church is in Orange County at the corner of Bake Parkway and Lake Forest Drive, just minutes off the 5 Freeway. To learn more about how you and your family can connect with Foothill Family Church, simply log on to mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. But God seems to be telling us, the Bible seems to be telling us this revealed by the Holy Ghost, that there should be a constant flow of things through us. God loved us, we should love others. God forgave us and placed that love within us. Romans 5, 5 says the love of God is shed abroad in our heart at the new birth. So we became, when God's Spirit came on the inside of us, we became loved children of a loved God. God is love. God has faith. He uses faith, but God is love. And there's supposed to be that channel of love, the love of God that flows through us so that there is never a hindrance, there's never a block, there's never a clogging up of anything that God wants for us There's provided for us through the work of Jesus on the cross. But unforgiveness will jam up the works. I learned a little bit about forgiveness back in 1980. My dad died a few days before his, um, I think it was his 48th birthday that he was coming up on. He died a few days before that, died of lung cancer. He was a heavy smoker all of his life. And he and my mom had been uh, divorced for six or seven years, I guess. And he had remarried. My dad had remarried. And uh, this was he died just a couple of months after my brother and I had taken him to Tulsa, Oklahoma to get him in uh, Brother Hagin's healing school. And so anyway, as things do, things pass down from one to the next to the next to the next, that type of stuff. My dad saw the fight that ensued when his father died a little bit later in his life, but his sisters, everybody was fighting, the in-laws and cousins and everything else, everybody was fighting over the inheritance, which really didn't amount to much, but people fight over nothing, I guess. And um, so he determined that he was never going to do that. He was never going to have things like that. And somehow or another, he came up with the idea that if he didn't submit his will or set things up so that he didn't submit his will to probate court, that somehow things would be better off. But, and I'm not a lawyer, I don't understand how a lot of this stuff works, but as it was explained to me, since his will never hit, came into uh, the jurisdiction of probate court, that means that the person that's left to execute the will, the executor, which in this case was his second wife, she got to decide what happened with everything. Well, what she decided is that my brother and I wouldn't get anything. Now, I had already, at that point in time, decided that I was going to go to Rama, And so I thought, when my dad died, I thought, well, this is how the Lord will help me get there. 
but she decided that we weren't supposed to get anything. And there was nothing legally we could do about it. There was no court that could oversee it or break the, what she said was the will. I never saw the will. Never, if it was ever read, I wasn't any part of it. So we didn't know for sure what was going on. I got some recommendations from some people that I knew about lawyers and talked to two or three of them, and every one of them gave me the same story. Nothing you can really do. So, as you might understand, I was pretty angry. I didn't uh, know too much about walking with God at the time. And um, while I was just driving down the road, having just found out, leaving the doctor, uh, the, uh, one of the lawyer's office, and uh, found out there wasn't anything to be done. So I'm in my car by myself, just ranting and raving. God, this isn't fair. And on and on and on. And after about five minutes of that, I finally got quiet a little bit. And the Lord spoke to me and said, you're going to have to forgive her. Well, truly, I can tell you that was the last thing on my mind at that moment. So I started up another rant. I shouldn't have to forgive her. Shouldn't be my responsibility to forgive her. She's the one that's done wrong. So after I went through that for long enough to where I quietened down again, I finally said, and I knew it was right all the time. I knew it was the Lord. Didn't know too much about being led by the Spirit, but I know that's not the devil telling me to forgive her. So when I got quiet again, I said, Lord, how in the world am I supposed to do that? And then the Lord said, just very simply, pray for her. And I responded with a smart aleck comment. First, I ranted again, and then I responded to the Lord with a smart aleck comment. Pray for her. Oh, okay. I'll pray for her. I'll pray that she gets hit by a bus. <laughs> and that didn't seem to be what the Lord had in mind. <laughs> so after I quietened down again, I said to the Lord, Lord, how in the world do I pray for? And he said what was just about all that I knew about the Bible. He said, you're going to have to do it by faith. So in the car, still driving down, the, I was on the freeway in the middle of Birmingham, Alabama, riding in the car, knowing that I've got to do what the Lord told me to do. I grit my teeth and said, Lord, bless her. He, I'd asked him, what do I pray? And he said, pray that I would bless her. Well, I didn't want her to be blessed. I wanted her to lose everything she had, preferably to me. But when I identified that that was what I was supposed to do, I grit my teeth. And I said, Lord, forgive her. I pray for you. I forgive her. I pray that you would bless her. Now, I'd like to say that that made warm, fuzzy feelings flow all over me, and I felt the power in the presence of God, but I didn't feel anything. Now I've got to deal with anger at myself for having bled, prayed for the Lord to bless the woman. And so it went this way for several days. I knew what I was supposed to do, and I did it. I did it through gritted teeth. And after some time of doing that, it wasn't immediate, but it was, I guess, a couple of weeks. It wasn't getting any easier for me. 
it wasn't, well, it wasn't producing anything that I could see. It sure didn't change the circumstances. And I couldn't tell that it was changing me or having an effect on me any. But one day after doing this for several weeks, I'm still gritting my teeth and praying that God would bless her, saying I forgive her because I know that's what I've got to do. I, I don't know anything about forgiving by faith at that point. I just know that God is telling me to forgive her, so I have to say that I forgive her because I'm not doing anything that shows that I forgive her other than praying the prayers that I was praying. But the way that I was praying them, I didn't have a whole lot of confidence that that met the qualification. Now, knowing what I know now, it did. No matter how I felt, no matter how much I was having to force myself to do it, I was doing the right thing. I was doing what the love of God would do. But I didn't know that at the time. But after doing this for several weeks, not getting any better, not getting any easier, not having any impact, positive impact on me or anything else, that I could tell at least, I was praying for the Lord to bless her. And all of a sudden, he showed me something. I saw in, in vision form, I saw her as he saw her. I saw her fear. I saw how she was afraid of us trying to come back and take what she had. I saw that she was afraid of not having enough. I saw that she was afraid of anything and everything. And my heart broke for her. Now, I can tell you with absolute certainty, if God hadn't done something supernatural, I don't think anything would have ever changed my feelings. But from that point forward, once I saw her like he saw her, and I saw what she was facing, I didn't have any trouble praying for her anymore. It became easy to pray for her. I saw what terrible shape she was in. I saw that she was... She had no security. I saw that she was frightened at anything and everything concerning the whole situation. And it never became, it never was a problem for me ever again. It never was a problem for me again. I would have enjoyed having the money. It would have made things a lot easier for me at Rama. But because there was no way to, to get any help from anybody, I had to believe God and find out some things about him on my own. And I'm so grateful for that. I am better off for having learned to trust God for finances as well as every other area than if I'd had the money to go. It would have been more comfortable for me, but I wouldn't have learned about God like I did. I wouldn't have learned his faithfulness to provide. I wouldn't have learned that what he tells you to do, he'll take care of. I wouldn't have learned any of those things. We take care of family and do things in a different way than nowadays because of the blessing of God than anything that I had ever experienced before up until that point in my life. But I was better off not having anybody to depend on. I learned about forgiveness by faith in a way that I never would have found. And that may be the greatest lesson, the most valuable lesson that I ever learned. I learned how to trust God. And nothing is worth more than that, folks.
nothing. You remember on the cross, one of the last things Jesus said is, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Stephen said that as he was being stoned, in effect. He said, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. They're in the middle of killing the guy because he loves God. And he prays regarding their forgiveness because they didn't know. Saul said he persecuted the church. Saul, who became Paul, said he persecuted the church out of ignorance. The things that people do to us that hurt us the, the, the deepest, the most deeply, people don't know what they're doing. Every bit of persecution that's come against any Christian or any church or any part of the church body, even though it's motivated by the devil, the people that he uses don't know what they're doing. God sees that. Where the Bible says God looks on the heart. Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. I believe that applies in the area of forgiveness. Maybe more than in any other area. Unforgiveness winds up being a torment to us. And it's not the love of God in operation. So Jesus was faithful. He was faithful to tell us that forgiveness or unforgiveness will stop the blessings of God, will stop things that belong to you from coming, becoming a reality for you because faith works by love. When the disciples said, Lord, increase our faith, I don't know if they knew what they were saying or not. But they never said anything more true in all of their lives. This is the faith that changes you. Faith will change circumstances. Faith will enable you to exercise authority over the devil. But this is the kind of faith. And notice what Jesus said. If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, just like a seed, he's not talking about size of seeds. He says, if you have faith like a seed, you'll speak to the tree and tell it to be uprooted. Well, what does that tree and the roots of that tree represent the bitterness that we develop when we refuse to forgive. You've got to speak to the unforgiveness in your life. We think about speaking to the circumstances. We think about speaking to our bodies for healing. We think about speaking to our finances for provision. But maybe the greatest place where we need to speak is to the unforgiveness that we harbor against other people. Because that stops everything. Jesus defined the prayer of faith by saying, What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Don't let your circumstances take you away from believing and confessing what you prayed to receive. Thanks for watching today. Come visit us at Foothill Family Church. This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. 
No wonder Paul prayed that our eyes would be open to this stuff. But again, notice the theme. That your eyes will be opened to the truth, the reality of the unseen realm. Join us Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Visit us online at mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word.